give you a little, you know, kind of introduce ourselves. We know some of you guys and some of you we don't know. And some of you we hope we'll get to know even better because you're going to come and help us down there in Honduras. But I'm from here. I'm from Daphne and grew up here my whole life. Sometimes I trick people because my skin gets really tan from hanging out outside all the time. <laughs> but I am from here. And I moved down to Honduras when I was 21 to serve Jesus and not really sure how long I'd be there. And then I met this guy down there and uh, just fell in love with the country, with the people, and with how much there was to do. And then, of course, fell in love with him. And so we've been married, um, be 15 years coming up in April. And so means I've been in Honduras. It'll be, it'll be coming up on 19 years in January. So uh, been doing it a while. And we love missions. We believe in missions. And I think everybody at least once, you don't have to go back, but at least <laughs> once you should go. I think it's such a perspective change to see the rest of the world. And then after that, it'll make you a lot more thankful and your problems will seem a little bit smaller. And I think it's a good thing. We're not all called to live there, but I think it's a good idea just to go at least once. Anyway, I had something on my heart to share today with you guys. and. I love y'all's vibe. I love the homey stuff. So if you, you know, have questions or want to say anything, feel free. Um, but I'm just going to share with all my heart. I am going to have to stand because that's the way I am. I can't sit down. <laughs> uh, I get too wiggly. <laughs> so anyway, what's on my heart to share is from Ezekiel 37. And you guys have probably heard the scripture a lot of times, but it's just really, really been on my heart lately. And it's the story of Ezekiel and the Lord taking him to the Valley of Dry Bones. You guys remember that story? Okay, so we're just going to kind of read it and just study it a little bit. And through that, I'm going to tell you some stories about Honduras and just let you get to know a little better. But Ezekiel 37, 1, <clears throat> the first thing that it says is, the hand of the Lord was on me. And just the other day when I was reading that, you know how things just pop out at you? And it just really popped out at me that the hand of the Lord was on me. And I believe that each of us, God's hand is on us to do something specific. And that's different for every one of us. For us, it happens to be living in Honduras. For you, whatever that thing is that God is calling you to do. But I think if we all find that place where God's hand is on us for that, man, it, it just, it makes life better. You know, when God's hand is on it, that means his provision, his help is on you to do it. And so, you know, with that, I wanted to, you know, share. I remember I did my first missions trip. I see a lot of youth here tonight. Woo woo, youth. How's it going? <laughs> Good to see you guys tonight. I grew up in church too, uh, hanging out my church. You know, I kind of lived there, second home. You know, hanging out Wednesday nights, Sunday afternoons, between the morning and afternoon service. And uh, there's something awesome about doing that. I remember when I was younger. People used to say, tell your testimony. And I'm like, I don't really have a testimony. <laughs> I've loved Jesus my whole life, you know. And I remember somebody saying, that is a testimony. And it's a testimony that speaks of parents that raised me right. And they did, you know. They had me in church every single time the church door was open. And so I just want to encourage you guys, keep on that path. It's a good thing. It's a good thing to say you didn't have to struggle with anything. It's a good thing to say you didn't have to battle with something just because you were gave your life to Jesus at a young age. And so I encourage you guys, all the young people out there, can I have a hello from the young people? It's awesome, you know? Uh, keep, keep serving Jesus that way. 
But I remember just figuring out, you know, as a young kid, figuring out what God's hand was on me. And, you know, and, and you're going to school, you're trying to figure it out. What is it that God wants me to do? I remember going on my first missions trip, and it's like something just came alive on the inside of me. You know, I heard people sing in Spanish. I had no idea what they were saying, but there was like this cool feeling like, I want to know what they're saying. I want to know what's going on, and I want to be able to communicate. And I, this is so amazing, and ah, just seeing how everything was. And that was just the beginning of God's hand. And I believe that for everyone here, it doesn't matter who you are, and it doesn't matter what age, you could be eight or 85 or 108, however old you are, God's hand is on you for something specific. And I believe we need to find that. And that could be, hey, some of you may be called to support missions. Some of you, maybe you're called to, you know, help more in the kids area or join the worship team or do more before. I don't know what it is, but God's hand is on you for something. And as the body of Christ, when we all find that thing, man, it makes it better. Don't you guys agree with that? And when you don't do that thing, you kind of aren't fulfilled all the way. You know what I mean? So that's the first thing that I got out of this situation is the hand of God was on him. And number two, it says, and he brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. And that's interesting because a lot of times we think when the spirit of the Lord is on it, that he's going to set us on a mountaintop and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be wonderful. But it says the spirit of the Lord came on me and he set me in the middle of a valley. Didn't even say at the end of the valley. <laughs> it was in the middle of the valley. That's the lowest part of a valley, right? Lowest part of a valley is in the middle. And that impacted me too, you guys, because lately, you know, Honduras has been in the news, right? I'm sure you guys have seen it. It's been really hard for us lately. Like, you know, we kind of live in the middle of a valley, literally and figuratively, because it's the Sula Valley and it's a valley of a, of a country. It's a lot of just difficult stuff happening. And, you know, just praying, we're like, everybody wants to leave, you know? The poor are leaving in a caravan and the rich are leaving on airplanes, you know, and coming in the airport. And it's been really hard for us lately to say, God, are you 100% sure? This is getting really hard. People are all leaving. And people feel like hope is lost and that there's no answers anymore. And that's when I was reading this scripture and it just popped out to me and he said, Ezekiel was in the right place and he was in the middle of a valley. And I just want to encourage you guys. You could be in the middle of a valley. Remember that the Spirit of the Lord took Jesus to a desert. The Spirit of the Lord led the Israelites through the desert. And the Bible tells us, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will be there with you. And sometimes we have those valley moments. And I don't know who might be going through one of those moments. We are currently. It's, it's tough in our country right now. It's, it's not easy. And just just a tough season. But God, even in the middle of the difficulty, man, his hand can be on you and his spirit could be leading you in that valley. Now, I don't believe we're supposed to stay in the valleys. I think we go through the valley of the shadow of death, right? Yea, though I walk through it. And I'm believing to get out on the other side. But there is a season in our life when we might have to go through that. And so wherever you are, we want to encourage each of you. Sometimes there are valley moments. And sometimes there are moments when the Holy Spirit has actually led you to that valley moment. And um, we'll understand all of that one day, you know. And usually you can see it so much better when it's over. Amen. Yes. <laughs> In the middle, you're like, why is it happening to me? And then on the other side. And uh, so he, he does that. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it doesn't make sense. 
you know, and I just wrote some things. You know, sometimes we look around and it just seems like so much is going on. You know, people leaving, kids are hungry, the educational system is broken, people are trying to work, we have so much issues with alcoholism and drug addiction and just a lot. And we're, we're dealing with very, the poor of the poor is where we work, okay? We have a center in an area of town that is the poorest of the poor, a lot of gang violence, a lot of sex trafficking, and sometimes you can just look around and be like, this is a valley. You know, it's a lot of difficult stuff. Now let's continue reading. This is still verse 1. It says, and it was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. Okay, so notice he's explaining it. And it doesn't take a scientist to figure out uh, bones. All right, that's probably dead, right? <laughs> if it's to the bone period, you think it's dead or alive? <laughs> it's dead, you know, pretty dead. But it says the Spirit of the Lord led him through all the bones. They were all dead. And then he said, Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> I love that. God does that to us, you know? And this is how it's felt lately for me. And I, I hope that through me just sharing, because sometimes we can just say, It is awesome. We're helping kids. And it is just fabulous. And we are. But man, it's tough sometimes. And what we're doing uh, sometimes, it's just tough. And in that valley season, and the Bible says that God led him and said, Son of man, can these bones live? And he said, Sovereign Lord, you know. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I love that answer. Yeah. You know, God, why don't you tell me? And, uh, and here's my thoughts on that, full of bones. Maybe the current state that you are is full of bones, okay? Maybe it's full of something that looks dead. Bones are pretty dead, you know? It's not a corpse, it's bones. Bones are dead. And uh, it doesn't even look like life still. It's not like, I wonder if they're alive. It's bones, you know, it's dead. It seems hopeless. And that's kind of been our phrase lately is people say, man, there's no hope left in Honduras. That's why people are leaving. It just seems hopeless. Mm -hmm. And that's what bones look like. Bones are, you know, it's not like, well, maybe they're not dead all the way. Let's, let's do CPR. I mean, bones are dead. <laughs> like there's no... There's no, like, maybe it's still alive. You guys with me? There's none of that. It's dead. And um, there's no hope. And uh, then verse 4, it says, Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones, and say, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. And so in this point, um, that's what God's just been speaking to my heart. This has just been my live-in verse for the last couple of months. I just read it every day. And it says, prophesy and hear the word of the Lord. And sometimes we just have to get out our Bible and say, hey, you self, hear the word of the Lord. You know, and sometimes we have to just open our mouths and say what God says about it, not what we see. Because we see bones, but Jesus says life. You know, we see death and destruction, but God says, I give you life more abundantly. There's hope in him. And I love how he says, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. He said, this is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons and make flesh come and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. And then you will know that I'm the Lord. I want you to focus on that for a second because this is God speaking and he's giving the promise. But the promise isn't immediate. Okay, you can tell I've been spending a lot of time on this verse, can you? <laughs> It says, it wasn't immediate, it was a lot of steps. It says, first, that tell these bones, breath will come, I will attach tendons, 
then I will make flesh. So the bones have to come together. Then tendons have to connect them. Then flesh will come over them. Then skin will cover. And then I will put my breath. So it's stages and seasons. And it's interesting to me because we a lot of times want our prayers to be answered and like, ta-da, there's everything. And sometimes God just brings the bones together. And they're still missing the tendons and we're still missing the flesh and we're still missing the skin and we're still missing the breath of life, okay? But we have to be happy and rejoice in each step of that miracle that we are believing for, okay? And that's where we are too, even with the Dream Center. Some of you guys have seen some pictures and what we are is... Is the dream. Is the dream. A lot more dream than center right now. <laughs> yeah. And so, because this whole thing started with we saw these kids, kids beg on the streets in Honduras. You know, they just knock on your window or they'll pull a few limes off the tree and juggle them and ask for a, you know, a handout. And through that, uh, we just started making food and going to give food on the side of the road to the kids. We did that for a full year. And then that was our first step. So that's like the bones coming together. It's not there yet. It's just a dream. It's just something. And then God began to put our hearts. You need to find a place, a place these kids can belong. So we began to look and talk about tough. We could not find the house. I and mean, when we would drive. And the community where they are. Yeah, not, the community uh, where they are. It's not like there's for sale signs or anything. You know, it's just tons and tons of shacks and houses. And you just have to know somebody that knows somebody that can tell you if a house is for sale or whatever. So... We finally got a house, and at first it seemed like way too much, you know, this house. And now we're to the next place where, like, we can't even fit in the house. I, I told our team, okay, we're going to take 50 kids. And at first that sounded like, 50, who, how are we going to get 50 kids? Well, now we're so past our capacity that we have 79 kids coming in the program. And kids just, you know, they're, they're hearing about us, and the, the local school is referring kids to us that are just going through a lot of trouble, a lot of problems. And so we now have 79 kids. And now it's like, excuse me, excuse me. You know, it's super crowded in there. Um, so it's like we're at the next step. Okay, so the bones are come together. There's tendons. And I, and I want this to speak to you guys, too, as I'm sharing a little bit about us. You know, maybe you have a dream in your heart and all you got is the bones coming together. Or maybe you just got two of the bones connected. But you need to rejoice in that stage because that means God's doing something. Bones are dead. Right? They don't do anything. So the fact that they're actually coming together is huge, and we need to celebrate yes. that. And sometimes we don't stop and just celebrate. Remember when they were moving the Ark of the Covenant, and they'd take a few steps? Praise you, Jesus. We made it this far. <laughs> take some more steps. I think we forget that, and we are so instant in our society. We forget to praise God for every little victory that he gives us. So we're in the next place. I mean, our dream, man, we want this huge warehouse that we can convert into a soup kitchen, a free Goodwill with showers for all, because most of our kids don't have running water in their house. So they could come and take showers and get cleaned up and have a trade school to teach them something. So when they graduate high school, they have something they can do. I mean, we have this huge dream, and right now we're just crammed in a little house. So we're not there yet, but you know what? It's in the process. And I just want to encourage any of you, maybe you're in the process. Maybe your, your dream is like way out there. I mean, making bones live is a big dream. But so is also a bone coming together. So is a tendon coming between two bones that were dead. And let's celebrate every little part of the process, okay? The next one says, So I prophesied as I was commanded. 
And as I was <laughs> prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. And I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was still no breath in them. So even Ezekiel, as he's telling this, he's like, okay, it's happening, but it's not really there yet. Okay? And at uh, this point, I just wanted to say um, prophecy is just speaking what God says. Okay? That's what prophecy is. Prophecy is speaking what God is saying. Okay? And this is the phrase that has been just rolling around in my heart. And if you have a title for this message, this would be the title. And it's, anyone can call bones dead. That's easy. Okay? Anybody. Oh, dead. And you know what? Anyone can call Honduras without hope. That's easy. Anyone can shout out and be like, there's no answers. That's easy. That doesn't take anybody with any brains or it's obvious. But it takes someone with faith to prophesy and to see what you don't see with your natural eyes. Yeah, that's and that's right. where we're different in Christ because anybody can call bones dead. And that's been the phrase that the Holy Spirit's put on my heart this whole season. Anybody can say Honduras has no hope. <laughs> anybody can say there's no answers. Anybody can say it's better to leave and immigrate somewhere else. Anybody can say, ah, who cares anymore? It's, it, the government's just ruined and corrupt, and there's so many protests, it's not worth it. Anybody can, that's just like watching, like saying the couch is blue, or I think it's blue, is it black or blue? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Better, let's do the carpet, okay? The carpet is red. <laughs> Those are obvious things. Anybody can do that. Anybody can call bones dead, but what if we start calling bones an army? That takes faith. And what about in your life? It's easy to read it. Anybody can say, I'm sick. Anybody can say, I lost my job. And it's not that you can't say those things, but that's the easy one. Anyone can call bones dead. But what about saying, God, you've healed me. I don't see it yet. I don't know how it's going to happen. It's not complete, but you said it in your word. Or, or God, I don't see that thing that I'm believing you for. I don't see that miracle yet. It's, it's not there. Well, of course, it's easy to say your circumstances. It's easy to call bones dead. But what about that thing that you're believing for, that you know that God has promised you in his word? Why don't we call that? Because that's what faith is. That's what Ezekiel had to do. And I'm sure while he's doing it, he's thinking, this is a little crazy. <laughs> Isn't faith crazy, though? Isn't believing in a God we can't see a little crazy? Isn't this whole, isn't that what we are? Aren't we kind of crazy? <laughs> you know? I know some of us are more than others. <laughs> um, but if I can leave you with any thought just to kind of stay in your heart is anybody can call bones dead. Anybody can do that. Don't be just anybody. Don't just start saying it. And I, I call those people like, you know, stating the obvious people. They're like, thanks. Like we didn't know that, you know. Isn't that annoying? Stating that. It's one of those things that gets on my nerves. Yeah, I know it. But what did God say? And that's what I want to ask you. What did God say about your life? What is he saying about your life currently? And um, <clears throat> it takes a believer full of faith to call the bones an army. And so in, the, in verse 9, God comes back to him. Remember, we've already read that the bones came together, but it said there was no breath in them. And then he came back and he said, prophesy again to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come breath. From the four winds, breathe into these slain that they may live. Okay? 
so it's here it's talking about speaking to the circumstances you know the bones came together they're ready but there's no breath and then he said now prophesy to the breath prophesy son of man and say to it this is what the lord says come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live so i prophesied as he commanded and breath entered them they came to life stood up on their feet a vast army and man it just this is all that god's had on my heart like over and over you know justin pastor justin was asking us how's it been and we're like honestly it's been a tough season we're just it's been tough you know we're honduras is in the news every day people are leaving um people from our dream center um people on our staff you know at church and it's just been one of those moments where like man is is there hope like are we just are we running on a hamster wheel is there a purpose in what we're doing and this has just been all that God's been saying is, yeah, your army's there. Just wait. The breath is coming. The tendons are coming together. The skin is there. Just wait for that breath. You know, it's coming. And I just have such in my heart to share with you guys this today. You know, if our, our moment, because we're going through a difficult moment, if that can, can help you guys, you know, wherever you are, the breath is coming. And keep speaking that. Speak the right thing. You know, speak what God says. Because anybody can say the bones are dead. Anybody can be like, hey, it's tough. <laughs> Anybody can say that. That's easy. Anybody can call bones dead. But what about us, us Christians, that believe that God didn't lie, that believe what God promised in his word is real, that believe that if God said it, he's not a man, that he should lie, or the son of man, that he should repent, right? Do we believe that? Don't we believe? Now, do his promises always come true in the moment? <laughs> no. It takes a process. And so... My heart today is to encourage you. He had to prophesy again. It wasn't a one-time thing. God told him, nope, go back and say it again. Nope, go back and try it again. And I think sometimes we get to that place and, and we're already there and we just don't try again, you know? And so today, don't give up. Whatever is on your heart, wherever God has put in you to believe for whatever that is, and I'm speaking to ourselves. And God's renewing in our heart just this vision of saying, you know what, we are kicking our heels in the mud, and nobody's moving us, we're not leaving, we're not going to give up, we're not going to stop believing, we are going to believe until one day we're going to be like, guys, we got a vast army, Honduras is changing. Because anybody can call it a land about hope, but I call it the land that has a future. Anybody can say it's hopeless and corrupt, but I say, no, it's a, a land that God is going to use to bring revival to Central America. Why not? Anybody can call bones dead. I'm going to call it what he's calling it. Amen? And so I want to encourage you, whatever area of your life is dead, don't just call out the natural dead. Well, that's easy. Why don't you say, no, life. I speak life to this. I speak hope in this situation. And so... um. Before we go to questions and stuff, I just really had it on my heart to pray for you guys. And um, if you would just bow your head, uh, kind of a, a little ministry time, but if, if you felt like that, you know, just that moment of, man, I have this dream and it just seems so insanely far away. I, I have it really strong in my heart for you guys just to know, don't give up. Don't call bones dead. Don't call that thing dead in your life, okay? So as your head is bowed, if that's you, just kind of lift your hand just so I know that it's you, and I want to pray over you today, okay? I really do. Thank you.
I see a lot of hands up. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just speak over every person in here that is going through that moment of, man, it just seems really tough. And all these dreams that I have, it just seems so insanely far away. And the vision that God has showed me, it just seems so out of reach from what my moment is right now. Now and the future is just so, such a gap. But God, I speak over their lives. And today, just like Ezekiel, we prophesy, we speak what you say over the situation. That in the midst of where it seems dead, we speak life. Mm. In the midst of hurt, we speak healing. Mm -hmm. And God, in the midst of what they're going through, we thank you that you are coming with your breath to breathe new life into those dreams, new life into that circumstance. (coughs) In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. We thank you that you are not a man that you would lie If you've promised it, we know that it's coming even if we find ourselves in the middle of a valley. Thank you, Jesus. You know, God God has really put Honduras in in our hearts. Obviously, that's why we're there. And uh, it's a choice. It's something God's placed in our hearts because we could leave at any moment. We could abandon that mission. We could just Look for something that's more comfortable, uh, cooler, like right now, <laughs> really nice. Cool weather. Cool weather, yes, cool weather. But uh, we have to stand with what God's placed in our hearts and what we believe. And as Kim was sharing, I was just thinking, you know, that's what the world is. That's what's happening everywhere. Uh, we can look at every country, every city, and we, we could feel the same way, like hope is lost or you know, people are running away from God. People are, uh, there's so many distractions and so many things that are taking them away from church and from the truth. Uh, but that's what God's calling us to do as believers is to really grow in a relationship with him, grow to be strong because as we continue, it's only going to get worse. The Bible says that uh, the world's going to get darker and darker. But because of that, it is so important that we continue to be the light, that we continue to be shining where God has us. And it's, it's, it's something that we have to like really grab a hold in our heart is that we are the cold. We, God's calling each of us. Ezekiel was calling an army, but each of us, that's who God's going to be using. Mm-hmm. And we need to strengthen our, our convictions and our, you know, get our Bible reading on so that we know what we believe, so that we know what we, we're standing for, because times are going to be challenging and people are going to really, really need someone there to help them out of it. Uh, they, they can go and get lost and just uh, have fun. And that's all people are looking for most of the time, just have fun. But we all know that there's more than that. Mm-hmm. And that everybody's gonna come to a moment when they, they realize that they need help. And that's why we need to stand for what we believe. 
as we were talking to our team in Honduras and our, our uh, in the church and in the Dream Center, you know, it may it, it may look like that. It may look like everybody's running away, and I mean, we have over twenty thousand. Think about that, and, and you know, if you might not really know what's going on with the news, we got about twenty thousand people from our country right now that are walking. They're walking from their cities, walking by food, walking all the way to the United States. They have to go through Guatemala. They have to go through Mexico, all of Mexico. There's a lot, a lot of walking. And they want to make it all the way to the U.S. because they, that's the opportunity. They're looking for the opportunity. Uh, some of our kids, their families left to go in that caravan. And uh, some of them were, they couldn't do it. They couldn't make it. So they turned themselves to the authorities. They brought them back. And they said uh, they made it to Mexico. And they went through several pairs of shoes already. People were giving shoes out in, in the way. And they, they went through several pairs of shoes. And we have so many people just walking, and they're walking with their babies, they're walking with their kids, they're walking with their, uh, you know, even special special needs people. They're just pulling them around and pushing them. And, 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 it, and it, it may seem like that's all that's going on, and, and, and it's because there's no hope, it's because there's no future. That, that we were talking to our team and, and, and telling them, we need to stand strong, and we need to continue to believe in what God's calling us to do, because even though we have that many that are thinking I'm gone, this is, there's no hope. We still have millions in the country that need God. Mm -hmm. We still have millions mm -hmm. that need uh, help, that need someone to love them, that need someone to reach them. And that's how it is for, for us everywhere. You know, you, maybe your calling is here in Mobile. And, and there might be moments when you feel that way, like this is just nobody cares. Uh, there's so many churches in Mobile. This is, <laughs> continues to be the Bible Belt. But it isn't that way because everybody matters. Everyone, yes. you know, everyone that God may put in your way, they That's matter. Right. Everyone that you have here at the church, every visitor that you get, they matter. And, and God wants you to be in that place so that when God creates that opportunity, that you will be standing here. They will be praying. You'll be believing because God continues to be in the business of saving people. And it might seem like it's dry. It may seem like everybody's running away. And you know what? That's, that's always been that way. Nobody's running towards the gospel. People are always running away from it. But that's still our calling. That's right. Nobody said it was going to be easy. You know, nobody said, maybe we should give more free things at the church. Like, <laughs> because people like free things. Maybe that will get us an opportunity. Nobody said it was going to be easy. But that's what God's calling us to do. And we have to stand strong and continue to believe and I know this word that Kim is using may seem so like overly used you know prophesy prophesy and we prophesy but that's the hope people have <coughs> imagine a world where nobody can prophesy imagine a world where no one has a word of hope no one has a word of God for them but that's what we are we're called to prophesy we're called to just speak truth and speak the future to them and God wants to use us. I know that even some of the guys here, the young guys, you may feel like, this isn't for me. I just want to go play something. Or, <laughs> But there will be a moment when God's going to use the words that you have in your heart, mm -hmm. the, the Bible, the, every, every message, when you get through worship, whatever is being planted in you, God is going to give you an opportunity one day to use that. It may be right now. It may be later. But he will. Mm -hmm. He will. It's funny because 
our perspective is so different because we're there in Honduras. But our kids, you know, they're always talking about, oh, it's kind of weird in the States. It's kind of <laughs> weird in the States with all the shootings and the schools and things. How old are they now? Uh, Jeremy's 13 okay. and Megan's 10. Uh, and I keep thinking, it is. I mean, you know, the U.S. is also a missions field. Mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot to do here as well and uh, people to reach and, and, and you know, warfare to continue to keep Christ everywhere. And, and and schools and and everywhere uh it's just funny how they see it different and that's what you guys have to deal with you have to deal with you know people just trying to get god out of everything but you know that we have to keep going and that's where you have to prophesy you have to speak to things that are dead and god's going to continue to use your words your prayer mm -hmm. it's 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 powerful it makes a difference makes a difference so as, as Kim was praying I thought why don't we why don't we do that why don't we and I know this might be but why don't we close our eyes again and just pray and right there where you are why don't you think of something that you can speak life to might be a friend maybe someone in your family maybe someone at school or something that you might want to see happening at your school mm -hmm. maybe something here at the church Maybe some friends or, or someone here at the church, then they, they need someone to speak life, speak God's word towards them so they can come back to life. So right there where you are, just think about someone that God can put in your heart right now. Someone that will need a prophet, a, a light, someone calling them back to life. Opposite the king, I didn't grow up in the church. It took me a while to come to Christ, but I am convinced that there were people praying for me. They were prophesying. They were speaking. And, and God used those prayers to bring me back. God, we just speak. And feel free to, you know, to speak if you like to do it louder. If you want to be quiet, that's fine too. But God, we just speak into the city of Mobile. And we call out people that are lost in darkness. And we speak life. We speak life into the areas of drug addiction, and we speak life into those that are lost in suicidal thoughts. Mm -hmm. We speak life into, into people that feel that it's hopeless in this area. Father God, we thank you that they would find a way to be helped, and we thank you for this church. We speak life Amen. into Pure Grace Church. We speak life into the youth group. Amen. We thank you, Father God, for each and every person in here. We speak life as they go to every different job that they have. And we speak life that these bones that might seem dead right now would come together. And as they do, we celebrate every little victory along the way. Amen. And we celebrate every little thing that you do. But God, we speak life into the city. We speak hope into the city of Mobile in the name of Jesus. We speak future, we speak hope. And we say what you say about it, God, that you're not done yet that you will Amen. continue to work until the day of Jesus Christ, that what you've started, you will finish. You're the author and the finisher of our faith. And we just thank you for that, God, that you're not done with us yet. And we speak life into every circumstance. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, we hope that you guys uh, enjoyed. I know we're a little more mellow today than normal. But uh, just been going through a lot. And, and through that, I think God... 
shares and, and, and touches us. And so this has been my message. And if we can just be repeating something all week, you know, as you're going through something, you know, you're in bad traffic or you deal with somebody or you call a meeting and not as many come as you're expecting or whatever, that anybody can call bones dead. Anybody can be Captain Obvious, you know, <laughs> anybody can do that. But let's be the people that speak what we don't see with our natural eyes. We call out those things that be not as though they were, like the Bible says. And so I just want to say that. And then at the end, in pure grace fashion, Pastor Justin, if anybody has questions for us or wants to just hang out or if you have anything to add or whatever, we're just really blessed and happy to be here today. Well, I love what you said about prophecy specifically because I know that was something that was intimidating for me when I would always hear people talk about prophesying, prophecy, and and I, I completely agree. It's just speaking God's truth to people. It's not just a, a globe and you're trying to tell the future. Yeah. No. So people say, well, you're prophecy. Prophesy over me. Tell me what I'm going to do tomorrow. You know, <laughs> It's not. It's, it's telling God's truth. And, and I think it's it's interesting that God says, as he is, so are we in this world. And that the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, I, when you, as you were saying it, it was, it was vivid, like a picture, because I think like cartoons. But it was like a picture of, of Jesus walking to go meet Jairus' daughter mm-hmm. to tell her that she was just asleep. Yeah. And mm-hmm. was she asleep or was she dead? It doesn't matter. Yeah. As soon as Jesus spoke it, she was just sleeping. Yep. Yeah. And what I love about that is something that I've, I've been hearing the Lord speak for the last few weeks is about interruptions. On his way, do you remember what happened on his way? Yeah. yeah. He was interrupted. Yeah. In the same way someone else needed, and he just spoke. Yeah. And he said, this, is, you know, you, this, this woman got healed. From, from all those years of, of dealing with issues that she had. So we need to recognize those opportunities of speaking life, just like you're saying. Yeah. Especially young people. I remember teaching the kids, being a youth pastor for years, and telling them, you know, they are our future, but I don't want to rob them from their, from their present. That's right. We don't need to tell them they're our future. You, you guys, you know, especially youth in here, you guys are right now. And so you speak life into people. Mm-hmm. You you carry the same Holy Spirit that, that the adults carry. So don't, don't take that. You know, don't don't take that as though you don't carry, you know, power. You don't carry authority in your voice because where your voice goes, the Holy Spirit goes with it. Yeah. So anyway, I just I, I love that about just speaking God's truth. Yeah. Prophet, don't be intimidated by prophecy like it's some mm-hmm. some magic trick that you do to tell future. It's just speaking God's love. When you tell someone, look, God loves you. At that moment, they can realize that God really loves them. And you know, and that's I was, huge. I was thinking when I came to Christ. I mean, it took me a while, but I was still young and that's, that's so funny because you do hear that a lot you're the future you're the future <laughs> what about you, now you spend so much time no you spend so much time waiting to get older to be the future <laughs> yeah, right. and then you get there and you're like i'm too old now <laughs> i wish i'd have done more i know younger, like right? it's like you said it's the now you know god can yeah. use you now and, and and there's nothing better that we can do than to get that understanding that mm-hmm. we're never too young for him to be yeah. to use us Justin. That would be absolutely inappropriate. No, it wouldn't be. Of course it wouldn't be. Yeah, can we wait till the end? We'll wait till the end. We want to pray for you guys, but oh, yeah. I want to see if anybody has any questions or anything okay. about what what they do and and you know, kind of what's going on over there, any kind of questions about any of that stuff. Don't be shy. Okay. No questions. Do you see yeah. I mean, has the, has the Holy Spirit shown you any particular thing to pray towards, like in the government, or changes there yes, that would maybe definitely. fix this? Yeah. Definitely. You know, we were, because we, that's what we're, we're doing the same thing, just kind of getting 
asking God, what is it? Because, you know, there's corruption everywhere. So that might not be it. But we are praying for, um, what would you call it? <coughs> que no hay, no hay castigo, no hay persecución para los corruptos. Like against impunity. Impunity. Mm -hmm. Impunity. That's what, that's what taking hope away from people is that there's corruption everywhere, but there needs to be a justice system. There needs to be a place where they can respond for what they do, and that's what's been taken away from people right now. There's no accountability. Accountability, and the government's actually made some new regulations to get away from that and allow more because obviously they're involved. But we are praying against impunity. That's our biggest prayer. Justice and accountability. Yeah. And then we're we're just have some what God's put in our hearts since everything's been happening is to raise up an army that will be an army of Hondurans ministering to Hondurans. Mm -hmm. So he has this awesome idea on social media. It's like a project. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard. They did it in Atlanta. It's like called the Bee Remedy idea. But it's basically like a social media platform. Be the answer. Be the answer. And so we're going to have, we're working on it, like figuring it out. But you guys can pray for us. Like this idea to connect Hondurans all over to help other Hondurans where we could put, hey, there's a new mother that needs uh, milk. A crib, a crib. And we could put it on a, a thing and then somebody that doesn't even go to our church, like just someone could say, I'll give that. And then we'll have, like we want to open up, that's another dream is to do another dream center in San Pedro because we're in La Lopez where they could drop it off there. We'll give it to the mom and just like have this network where we can help we, we Hondurans wanna, help Hondurans. We want to raise... Uh, awareness and that desire in our people to help each other yeah. because that's something that's not there it's that always something, been something there. that i love about america it's that you know like kim said her, uh, earlier uh you may fight when it's uh time for uh what do you call it elections for elections <laughs> but when there is need you come together people come together and help each other but that we don't really have that there people stay away and they don't get involved so we're really praying that God will use something like this to start breaking that and showing people you can be the answer, you can be used, you That's can uh, uh, help somebody, help you know your fellow friends. So yeah, that's that's something we're really praying yeah, about. Sometimes when people are afraid, they won't have enough. Mm -hmm. They hold they they, they, they hold don't back. want to help because yeah. if I help you, <laughs> exactly. I've even actually heard that out of a, a friend was quoting her mother. Her mother said, um, don't ever help anybody because when you need help, they won't show up. Yeah. And I thought that was a fascinating. I mean, I just had never heard it said so bluntly. Yeah. But that is that that happens here too. Yeah. And that's what's funny. Um, when there's like I volunteer at a place that, that does distribute free things, you yeah. know, to people. <laughs> and um, my friend moved in there to, to do kind of help and supervise some things and I realized they were dividing up packages of stuff for fear. They had closets bulging. They couldn't get more in, but they were dividing up packages of stuff for fear that if we give it out, we won't have enough. Uh -huh. So she changed that and yeah. they started giving away whole packages. Yeah. And they started getting more and more in the door. So they still have bulging closets, but they're giving away a whole and, yeah, lot more stuff. So and that's, I don't know that's, what you call it. That, that, what, yeah, it's generous. Well, we talk that's about what we want to bring into our country, you know. What we talk about is, is fearless generosity. Right. If you're a son and God's providing all your needs for you as your father, then you don't have to be afraid of what's coming next because he'll right. have it. Yeah. 
right. so you can give what's in your hand without fear. Yeah, yeah the yeah. orphan heart is stingy. The son's heart is generous because he knows he's provided. For That's it. good. That's really good. Jesse Williams? Y'all think I thought y'all had something. Oh. William does. William? No. Yeah, sure you do. No. Come on, William. What you got? Open up. Open up. Spill <laughs> <laughs> your guts, man. We're here for you, man. Uh-huh. He's in my Spanish class last year, and he actually um, went on a missions trip to Mexico. Is that right? Awesome. That's cool. What's your question, William? Jesse has a question, though. Jesse has a question. Jesse has a question. Anybody else? How are the kids handling all of this stuff that's going on? Which kids? Um, like, I mean, I guess kids in general. Like, I don't know how much they understand about, like, the political situation or how the whole thing is with, um, like, just how things are in the country right now. Yeah, I think the Dream Center kids, in their innocence, you know, a lot of their peers are leaving. <laughs> so they know what's going on. And they either have two ideas. They say, oh, we should go. And But it's funny to hear them talk. Like one of the kids, I'm like, I started asking, okay, well, why do you want to go? Oh, in the United States? You know, their idea of the United States is like something that's been fed to them, I guess. Oh, there? Movie. Yeah. Oh, there? There's no crime. No one ever wants to <laughs> They don't want to take us. And he said, and there? The teachers help you at school? And there, I mean, and so he's, and I said, sweetheart, they have trouble too. It's not just like that. And he said, yeah, but there, and he keeps telling me this, and there's no, and some of the things he said are tell true. Him about, tell him about uh, um, Kenneth coming back in the bus. Yeah, so, you know, we had one of our kids that went, and he got all the way to, to Mexico, and then he came back. Uh, they just, just got too tough. But his story, you know, when he came back, he's like, you would not believe they have these buses because he's just never they've never seen anything but their little world what they live in they have these buses uh if you turn yourself in from the caravan and go to the authorities they'll bring you back because they want you to go back yeah so they put them on like a nice bus it's like this bus it has movies on it and they give you (laughs) snacks and they give you drinks and bottles because you know they only drink drinks in bags (laughs) you got to drink in a bottle and so i think they're just innocent you know it's it's childhood they're still innocent i think it's the little bit older kids that really Mm. understand i think they're shielded from it still and that's where you just thank god for that bliss as a child so where do they learn it is it is it passed down from generations that they that they think that america is perfect well i mean the thing is it now so many people have come and what they do is they earn money and send it back so from that money coming back and then the the parent who left never coming back it it just builds in them well it must be so amazing they're not coming back and they're sending all this amazing money you know i think it's just kind of perpetuated this idea that it's, what, so well, what about y'all's kids how are they taking everything are they um, <coughs> well, they they care because they we take them to the dream center and they help there uh, at least once a week mm-hmm. so they understand but they understand because they see how difficult it is for families there uh, you know we have families that's why we do the feeding program because we have when we do the surveys, we have families that feed their kids like two or three times a week. So they understand why people would want to come here, get a job, get an opportunity. So they, 
they understand that a little bit more. Is there a way to try to get the kids more, uh, as far as educated, to, to try to get, I don't know, I know this is a long, mm -hmm. long way, but to get less corrupt people into government, into government positions, or they just can't get there because of the corruption? They steal the election. I think a lot of that has to, you know, what it, it, you know what it takes, and this could, if you guys want to pray with us, I think we could ask for this. What it will take is the men and women that are there to have a conscience and to stand up. Okay. Because right now... Even the pastors that are yeah, there's right? there's pastors, um, you know, that's what it is. It's just an awakening. Yeah. Uh, one of you, somebody said that, you know, just that and we need a revival. We need an awakening where people, because they know, they know the truth. They know it's wrong. They know they shouldn't be taking the bribes. You know, they know. Yeah. But it's like this awakening needs to happen because right now there's so much corruption. If you're the guy being like, hey, that's illegal, you know. Yeah, get rid of that guy. And get rid of that guy. But if the majority starts saying, hey, that's illegal, which that's how it is here, you know, it happens here. We all know that. Yeah. But the majority is going to say, no, wait a minute. There's still a majority that says it's not okay. And that's what we need. Yeah. And so that, I think it just needs, because there are people, there are Christians yeah. in government, but they're silenced. And I'm just, that's been my prayer. And I'm calling that. You know, saying what God says, we call righteousness to stand, to yeah. not be afraid of, of standing for yeah. truth, you know, to stand don't, up. Don't be corrupted. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I have a question if I'm putting you on the spot. If you don't feel like you don't, don't feel like you have to answer okay. it. <laughs> but I, I, I'm curious is what y'all's thoughts are on people coming, trying to come over. Mm -hmm. And the reason I ask is because my husband and I, I spent 12 years in Chicago and Ben spent five. And that's all we did was work with Hispanic people. Mm -hmm. And I kind of, I see both sides. I mm -hmm. want to help them all. And I would move them all on our property if we could. Mm -hmm. But then we also saw the counterpart where when people came over illegally, they were taken advantage of in the United mm -hmm. States. They were the ones that, you yeah. know, a landlord would steal their rent money and they couldn't do anything because they couldn't go to the authorities. Yeah. So we see both sides. We kind of see how... The laws are set up to all, not only protect the United States, but also to protect people coming in. So I'm just curious, and it's yeah. different than like I'm no. kind of. I don't know. I always tell people uh, I'm very political, but privately. <laughs> yeah, I know. but publicly, what I guess my my phrase or my statement when people ask us recently, I say our ultimate goal or belief is let's keep hope in Honduras. Mm -hmm. So I would much rather fund programs that yeah. would help. Honduras help Honduras yeah. and um, you know that's that's our heart obviously we're there so I believe right. let's keep hope in Honduras now once they get to the states that's I, I like I said I'll keep my right. my political viewpoints <laughs> yeah. pastor here viewpoints inside but our heart is let's keep hope in Honduras you know yeah. let's let's believe God but they don't have to leave mm -hmm. because it's all all the countries they're leaving from is because of corruption right. so let's pray against corruption let's believe God for righteousness because it's a beautiful place if you've ever been it's gorgeous you know it's fabulous there's so many wonderful things and all that we're missing is to just cut out the corruption so that the righteous can flourish you know so I hope that kind yeah, of answers no, it yeah and like I said I mean I hate it when we see because we in Chicago and then even here we knew a large uh, mm -hmm. a lot of Hispanic friends that some came over legally, some came over illegally, yeah. and uh, we were good friends with some of them. But you know, we saw them taken advantage of when they came over illegally. Well, it the, it breaks up the, the family Americans unit. On them. It and, breaks up the yeah. family unit. So I think 
that's in our dream center if I say how many of you have a family member in the states no lie 99.9 percent of our kids will raise their hand like it's an epidemic and it breaks up the family unit so for that reason that's why I say let's keep hope in Honduras let's let's help Hondurans help Hondurans and let's believe God for righteous men and women to stand up and say this is wrong so if you would like to join us in prayer those are probably the two prayers that yeah. wouldn't you agree with that yeah. yeah probably the two prayers we could ask for the most you know so. yeah. and that was something I asked you when we when when I came down and, and I was asking you know what, what it was like because you would see the border on one side and you see these big buildings mm-hmm. and, yeah. so there's no middle they don't mingle nobody yeah. mm-hmm. talk to each other everybody avoids each other and and uh and even one of the translators that when we went or whatever, that was one of the most moving times is she realized that. Yeah. I remember that. I remember that? And yeah. she said, you know, these are my people and I've, I've, I've not treated Never them been. well. And yeah. kind of bridging that gap. So I think you guys are on the right track with the networking thing. Yeah. As far as, as, far as identity goes and helping helping one another, I think mm-hmm. if, that, if that began to take off, it would be really good. So yeah. I like that. And that's what the point is. Let's bridge it. Because there is money in Honduras. But it's so separated, relegated to the area. So for the immediate future, you're maybe you're maybe looking for something bigger. Yeah, we want like a, a warehouse. That's what we want, like a big warehouse that we can, you know, build classrooms inside. Have a big area for like a soup kitchen kind of idea where anyone that's hungry can come. Um, in La Lopez. Um, in San Pedro. In San Pedro. In San Pedro, and. Um, We'll keep where we have in La Lopez, and we want to also get a bus, be able to take our kids there. There's nothing in La Lopez. Like Pablo has gotten a drone to fly over and see if there. I mean, we've we've gone to amazing lengths to see if we can find a building, and there's just not one right now. Um, there's so, so much land. There's not land. You've been there. There's no cool. land. Uh, They're just stacked. Yeah, it's yeah, stacked houses on. But there's some warehouses in our in the city, and that's that'd be like saying you know Westmobile to Mobile. This isn't far, you know. Right. And so we're just believing for that. We want we need a big place, and uh, our first goal will be to start a soup kitchen. We want to feed people that are hungry. There's a lot of hungry people, and a lot of people that feel like they don't have hope. But if they could come, eat, get a shower, change clothes, and go look for a job, I mean that would that really help. One of, and one of the reasons we want to do it, the one is like start the same thing in San Pedro is because a lot of people will not go to La Lopez from San Pedro. They won't go because of what the area represents. But having something in the city will give us the ability to invite, you know go to schools and say, hey, do a serving day with your school, with your high school yeah. or something. Uh, other churches even come and do, you know, like feed people one day or do an event for kids or uh, neutral ground mm-hmm. so just trying to bring them in if, if it were, we have plenty of need around so in San Pedro as well so we want to touch those kids and but give more people the, the ability or the opportunity to connect to serving yeah. and helping so that's the idea cool. mm-hmm. good. all right <laughs> thanks for letting us come yeah, we really we appreciate you guys coming <laughs>